After constantly being bombarded with emails, phone calls, and text messages on a daily basis asking, what would you do? Sometimes it's an, oh crap, I made a mistake, help me. And sometimes it's just a question about the latest technology and do we feel it's worth the investment? We want to help answer all of these questions. So welcome to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. We'll be interviewing experts in the industry to help answer the questions that you desire to know the answers to. And now, it's time for What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. Hello and welcome to What Would Larry Do? I am Dr. Ann and I'm here with Larry Helwig. And this is going to be the week of Thanksgiving, so we're all excited for that. Um, even though I could definitely go into a body contouring episode, we are going to talk about why turkey necks are only good on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so Larry, tell right. me tell me about your turkey necks on Thanksgiving. Well, I, uh, <clears throat> I started a tradition many, many years ago that during football games and what have you, I just, you know, you eat Thanksgiving, you eat like crazy and all that. So I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the turkey neck and eat that during football because it's difficult to eat. It's slow. It's a long process. The game is two, three, you know, three hours, three and a half hours long. And so I can kind of pick at it during that process. And so now the turkey neck is always saved for me. Ah. So it's mine. That's that's my <laughs> that's my turkey neck story. All right. Well, you want to know my turkey neck story? Bring it on. So when I was a teenager and late teens, early twenties in college, um, I was a vegetarian, and my dad is. Um, I always like to describe him growing up as he is Clark Griswold. So he loved to play pranks on me. So one Thanksgiving, he took all the gizzards and the turkey neck and put them in a plastic bag so that he could hide them in my purse. So that when I was driving home and decided to reach in my purse to find something, I would pull out a bag of dead animal parts. <laughs> Luckily, I caught him doing it. Okay. So <laughs> I was going to say, did you ever get even? No, I caught him doing it. So that I, and of course, I was upset because I was like, Dad, I could have gotten in an accident. And of course, he's laughing, thinking it's funny. You would have been fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you were protected by the turkey. Neck. I know. <laughs> so every turkey I've made afterwards, every time I pull those gizzards in their neck out, that's exactly what I picture is what they look because they were thawed out, you know, yeah. in a bag, nice and warm. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Turkey necks. Yeah. But that's not the turkey neck that we're talking about today. So, Larry, what is a turkey neck? Well, it, uh, it it's this thing that resides under your chin <laughs> and takes up space and sometimes kind of hangs and sometimes has some volume. And so what I'd like you all to do is just be my hands, okay? So I want you to take your hand up your neck to that under your chin area and just grab that tissue there and do what I would do if you were in my office for a consultation. Does it move? Move it to the right, move it to the left, pull on it a little bit, does it have some volume? Is there fat there? Is it really loose skin? If you if you can <laughs> look in the mirror, turn your head to the right, a little bit to the left. Look, how does it look? Does it change? So if you go through all the different process and this area on you is either pronounced or it's just loose and saggy, <laughs> 
you know. Or when you turn your head to the side, it shakes with you as you go. Yes. <laughs> it, it's kind of like that bat wing where you're, you know, sh- waving at somebody and your wing continues to wave for a long time. <laughs> so that's the same thing. That's right. And if, if, if you, I see Rob here is playing with his turkey neck. Mine moves more than it should, I think. <laughs> I think there's volume and whatever else you were saying was all involved. It's like an instrument, and he's holding it and playing it like. And, then, a, and I look over at Doctor Ann. Not uh, nothing, zero. She's trying, trying to. to she's trying to grab anything. There's nothing there. I'm grabbing fistfuls. All right. So that is the common problem in the U.S. I mean, if you look around, some countries um, it's more pronounced than others, mm-hmm. and definitely in the United States. It just seems so common in the people that are coming in, and everybody will say, I hate my neck. Yes. If you if you just do a questionnaire, there's almost no one over the age of maybe 40, 45, definitely 50, that yeah. likes their neck. They all would like tightening or they would like some volume reduction and tightening. And part of it is the neck goes up to your jawline. Mm-hmm. And so then it's jawline definition and you don't have any. So, you know, that whole thing of that turkey gobbler thing there becomes an extension. And, you know, so, I mean, if you were to get rid of it 100%, get rid of the volume get rid of the laxity and just and do that do that in the mirror just look in the mirror and pull your neck nice and tight how does that look mm-hmm. i mean do you appreciate that you can you know take each hand <laughs> to each side and pull it back volume we can't do much in this particular exercise but if you if you do pull it back and tighten it up even if you left the volume alone right there it looks better Mm-hmm. Now, if you kill the volume and get rid of the volume and do it, it's like, whoa, you've got that good definition. It's so clean. It looks so good. And you'll, you'll find that on just about everybody. And we've we've talked about other areas like of the face with fat around the mouth a little bit and the lower jawline and all of that. Well, this is quite pronounced usually, and it's called submental fat. Mm-hmm. And it just takes up usually quite a bit of space. But as you look over the whole neck, some people are more lax at to- on the top. Some it's more down on the bottom where it really moves when you're when you're pulling on it. And so you just need to locate where that issue is. But the turkey neck is pretty much what we talk about here is more um, uh, up on top. Yeah. And uh, I it, always say it's when the chin connects to the collarbone in one single stride. Yep. <laughs> That's quite problematic. <laughs> when there's no arch or definition there, but it's a straight line from chin to collarbone, that, you probably have a turkey neck. That's that's the no neck. And <laughs> and uh, the no neck look is never a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we know we don't want a no neck, but what are some of these things that cause the turkey neck or the no neck? Well, uh, you know, there's there are a lot of things that can lead to to it sometimes you know genetics will play a role in just about everything how your skin Mm -hmm. looks obviously your hair color your eye color your height your you know all of that it it does definitely play a role and and so you know well and you are right about genetics because that sub mental fat is genetic 
if people naturally have a double chin without being fat, you can see it. The whole family has the double chin or the no chin. Right. That's right. And, you know, if you've had a lot of sun exposure, we Mm -hmm. go back to the sun all the time. Almost every single podcast somewhere the sun comes into it because you're, you're talking about thin skin on the neck, really thin skin. It doesn't take much to damage it. And you, when you lay out in the sun, you know, it's face, neck, chest, that sort of thing. All of it gets exposed. All of it gets UV radiation. And remember, we went through once upon a time UVA, UVB, and UVC. Yep. UVA goes right through the glass. And that's called photo-aging light. So when you're driving your car and the sun is going through your windshield or your side window, your skin is aging. It's constantly aging. And just Google, if you would, truck driver, (laughs) facial view of truck driver. And you will see that the driver's side, when you Google that, you'll see a a photo of a truck driver who drove a truck for 28 years. And the the driver's side looks about 100 years older than the other side. Oh, yeah. So that's photo aging. And anybody can look it up in about five seconds and see it. But that's photo aging. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get outside, you're getting UVB and to some extent UVC. And that's the cancer causing. So it will also hurt your overall collagen and elastin. But that's where one in five have skin cancer. Well, and, and UVAs can remember cause cancer too. Well, so. it's it, it's more so now than in the past. Yes. So they never used to say that. Now they are saying it. Yeah, because tanning and beds can be linked to it. That's right. So it's but get, UVBs were the burners yeah. and the cancer causers. Yeah. And so it's it's really you know it's horrific, and you're changing DNA. Mm-hmm. So of course, yep. so you're you're talking about very thin skin that doesn't have a lot of protection. Yeah. I mean, you may have skin that's lizard-like, but you do not have the protection that a lizard or another you know, animal <laughs> might have. It's really thin. And so it's easy to be damaged. And so then you get laxity, yeah. right? So skin laxity, which is one of the issues we're talking about. So that's a major problem associated with this. And if you have weight gain, right, you can gain weight everywhere on your body. So some people, you know, men tend to gain it in certain places. Women tend to gain it in other places a little bit more. But, you know, face, neck, anywhere, Mm -hmm. abdomen, thighs, butt, there's no particular area that is immune to that. And so that can also make it a little bit more. So just kind of keep that in mind. There are these bands called platysmal bands, mm-hmm. which I have. <laughs> Freaking hate them. Okay? They run up and down your neck. So these are not horizontal lines. These are vertical lines. And they're a band. They're not actually a line. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, whatever. Hate them. <laughs> it's a band that you don't want. And for the most part... It's from that, your muscle. That's right. That's... Yeah. That is something that you will treat with a neurotoxin, mm-hmm. um, like Botox, will work for that, and relax it, because otherwise it's very prominent, mm-hmm. and it makes your neck look worse. Yep. 
So that's something that can be treated very, very easily. But if you treat it, and then you go for a while and you don't treat it, you're, you're going to notice your neck a lot more and like, what the heck is going on with my neck? You go back, you get it treated, makes a nice difference. Are you trying to let me know it's time to it's uh, almost, put some Dysport yeah, in your let's, neck? <laughs> let's Dysport the hell out of my neck. I, I have a feeling that's what you're sub, subconsciously telling me over there. <laughs> uh, they're coming back. So, you know, every day it's like coming a little closer. So we just need to, we got holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. Got to look good for them. Got a Vegas trip coming up too. Yeah, got a lot of trips coming. Well, and the other part that's on there that, you know, can cause a turkey neck that I didn't really put on our notes, but it's the loss of bone in the jaw area. So losing that bone and that muscle and that fat along the jaw, so now you have less of a facial structure, actually causes the skin underneath it to droop more. Yeah. And so that's another thing that people have to look at, that even though you may come in for a turkey neck, you also have to look at, like Larry said, the neck and that area extends all the way up to the jawline and the jowls. We have to address that entire area as a unit. You can't just go after the little piece that's underneath. So, and, and if you do, if somebody does, you're really not going to be happy. Yes. Right? You know, again, the adjacent area. So always think if you treat just this, what happens to the area next to it? So mm-hmm. if you're not always thinking ahead about making it look uniform, make it look beautiful together, the whole area and jawline definition is huge. Just mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It is. All right. So we know that this is a problem that can be laxity, platysmal bands, submental fat, jawline, uh, or loss of definition in the jawline. And then there's a lot of genetics involved. So what are some of our surgical options to treat this turkey neck, Larry? Well, you can, you can always have like a, a surgical neck lift. Mm-hmm. Many times they're done with a facelift. Yep. Or as part of the lower face. As part of, yeah. So they can have that be part of, or or there is a separate, but typically that's kind of a nice combination. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that extra uh, pull can make quite a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have volume at the same time, they can liposuction that. Yes. You know, at, at the same time so that all, everything is done. Yes. You know, so you do have some surgical options mm-hmm. <clears throat> for it and they all work. They do. And I was literally on the phone with a plastic surgeon from Louisville, Kentucky, who's a good friend of mine. Oh, yes. Today. And we were talking and he does so much liposuction on that under the chin, that gobbler that we're talking about. It's it's amazing. I mean, he can go in and out and be in and out of that area in about 30 minutes, comes out beautiful. But he will also do tightening with it because yes. what happens when you remove fat from a small area? You get loose skin. Yes. Right? Right. Yeah, especially so. if you're over the age of 30 to 35 when you do it. Yeah. And so the whole key, again, if we're, if we're treating someone that's, you know, 20, 25 years old, they have collagen, they're still producing some collagen, elastin, you know, they've still got a lot of good activity, so that's a little bit different. But when that's over, which is at age 30 for the most part, then you don't have that advantage anymore. And uh, so anyway, you can do lipo in that area with some skin tightening. You can do surgical facelifts and 
and neck lift, and you can do all that, and it does come out wonderful. So that's mm-hmm. the surgical options are really very, very good for that. Uh, immediate, you know, success. There'll always be some downtime, of yes. course. But, uh, you know, the ones that I have seen are very good, and a lot of the plastics that we know, I mean, they do beautiful work with that. So it's, it's very nice. It is. And, you know, with surgery, anytime you have it, you're, the only thing is is you have more downtime. So you're going to have more downtime, you're going to have more pain, and you have a higher risk of side effects, you know, and that's the trade-off with surgery sometimes. You get instant gratification and pull it completely tight. Um, I remember when I ended up with a consultation for a patient who had had a neck lift, and she actually showed up in my office because her neck was pulled so tight it was it was literally choking her. She had, um, in the three months post-neck lift, had lost 12 pounds because she kept choking on food every time she was eating it, and she was pretty much on a liquid diet. And she said to her it felt like there was a thread in her neck, and since I'm a known trainer for threads and listed on the Internet as an expert, she came to my office to have me try to remove the thread from her neck. (laughs) And so, of course, I had to talk her off a ledge and say, well, first off, there's probably not a thread in there if you did a, a, a neck lift. And, you know, I kind of advised her on what she can and can't do. But I actually ended up sending her to a different plastic surgeon who they had to revise her surgery so that she could swallow normally again. And, you know, I know that it would have probably loosened over time, but it was creating so much stress and and havoc in her life that she she was never overweight to begin with. So 12 pound loss on her little body was actually making her underweight. And she was that had several episodes of choking to the point that it scared her and you know, it, it can happen with anything. And, you know, the plastic surgeon I sent her to fixed it, and she still has an amazing neck lift, but now she can swallow. <laughs> Poor thing. And, and the, the understanding the issue for the plastic surgeon is if we don't do enough, yes. you spent all this money and you got nothing. And they're not d- happy. They're yeah. not, no one's happy. You know, everybody's upset. They want to do it again. They want their money back. They want, you know, all of that, which is, you know, absolute. I I totally get it. But if they do just a little too much, you have this issue. Mm -hmm. So it's, and look at the celebrities, celebrity facelifts that had just a little too much. Oh, yes. Uh, Some of them look like they had a lot too much. But I mean, most of these people have gone to good surgeons. Yes. And so, you know, it's difficult. If that procedure was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yep. And you're right. That's why the surgeons are pulling them a little too tight because they want to make sure that they're happy with the tightness of the result. But sometimes they look weird afterwards. And, And knowing knowing that face and that that skin is going to relax. And Mm -hmm. I think we had a conversation about our five-year post-facelift that looked like a Sharpay. Yep. So, you know, again, you know, I mean, the skin is going to relax, you know, Mm -hmm. so you pull it and, you know, what foundation do you have underneath? All of that. So that's, that's a different topic. And uh, we covered it in one of the podcasts, but it is something to keep in mind. Yeah. And uh, the neck, again, you're always dealing with thin skin. You do have to be a little careful about what you're doing, but typically the surgical procedures do, you know, turn out great. Yes. Uh, non-surgical, however, is uh, we feel, you know, of, of course, this is our direction and our yeah. approach to it. We feel what it's we a, do. Yeah, it's what it's what we do every day, and we like that approach because it's very, very difficult 
to do too much. And if you don't do quite enough, you do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that's it's a safe procedure. It's a safe way to go. And there are a lot of different options for non-surgical. Yes. And there's a lot of patients who are worried about surgery. They're worried about looking strange. They're worried about the downtime. And that's why the non-surgical world has blown up. So as we get into non-surgical options, Larry, first let's talk about the fat. Because you're right, if there's submental fat underneath there, doesn't matter how much skin tightening we do, we're going to tighten it right around that fat blob. So what are some of our non-surgical options for fat underneath there? Well, there are different devices out there that basically cook fat. Mm -hmm. They kill fat with heat. There is also a device that's advertised on television that kills fat with cold. It freezes. Yeah, cryolipolysis. So it uses ice cold. It gets it very cold to kill fat. But the problem with that is because there is no heat, there is absolutely no tightening. None. Zero. So that really does not work for the tightening aspect, but it does kill fat, assuming everything fits right, a technician can put it on the exact right location, mm-hmm. the the technology has, a, you know, something that will suck onto it properly and be held in place. So there are a few issues with that type of technology, and it would not be my choice for the neck. Mm-hmm. You know, other areas of the body, yes, you know, it, it works. But on that part of the body, that would not be a choice of mine. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so... So we know that there's also, before we get to our favorite one, there's also injections like Kybella or mesotherapy injections that patients can do that dissolve fat. Um, with these, it typically takes multiple treatments and it can be very effective. But again, there's no tightening. There can be what we call skin retraction, that where the skin will kind of snap back up once the fat is gone, but that is not guaranteed. The products that are injected for these mesotherapy injections are to dissolve fat. And if you don't have an experienced injector, these products can also dissolve skin and nerves and all kinds of other stuff in the area. So if you choose a mesotherapy or Kybella route, you just have to make sure you have a very experienced injector that knows how to get the product directly into the sub-Q so that it destroys that subcutaneous fat and not any of the other structures around it. That's right. So it's being aware of the technology, what's being used on you, what it's going to do to your skin, what it's going to do to the fat, how long you will be swollen. And Mm -hmm. if you don't swell, you didn't kill any fat. Yep. So it's that simple. I mean, it's an inflammatory response so you should be swollen with it and that really takes us to a treatment we like the best for this our new favorite or my new favorite yeah it's called agnes Mm -hmm. and uh agnes is a unique device and i think we may have brought it up in a podcast or two on the time yeah eye bags and so if there is fat like bra fat submental fat uh, which is the turkey gobbler that we're talking about, high bag fat, buckle fat around the lower uh, part of the mouth. Mm-hmm. All of that can be treated with this particular device where you 
you're actually inserting a needle into the fat and cooking it. Mm-hmm. And you feel it. You feel that area getting smaller. This is not painful. You can actually and, hear the fat crackling. Yes, that's kind of it. exciting. It's sort of like <laughs> bacon or something. I don't know, cooking bacon. But that's why I love it. I get obsessed when, when I'm doing it. Just get in my zone of crackles as I keep going. It's like a video game. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of it as a video game, but... Uh, you got to okay. get the next crackle. Yep, okay. Uh, so anyway, you know, the advantage with this is because you are hearing what you're doing, you are feeling with your fingers what you're doing, and you are seeing what's happening while you do it, you have so much more control. And it is about control. It is how much, where are we going with this, how far are we extending this for good jawline definition, all of that is part of it. And of course, if we're putting heat in, we're getting some tightening at the same time. And the device, the Agnes device, has other needles so that you Mm -hmm. can actually go in and, and tighten. And we typically add other technologies to this that are also ideal for tightening. So that we're not going to kill fat in an area and then just leave the area. I mean, that's, that's going to be ridiculous. We're going to try to tighten that skin as much as we can so that you have beautiful definition when we're done. Yeah. And I like the Agnes because it's very precise in the level that you're going to. So the needles are five millimeters to get straight down into that sub-Q tissue. And the radio frequency only propagates a short distance out around the needle. So you're not going to get a large amount of this heat um, that can migrate to other areas and damage other structures. <coughs> Versus with your mesotherapy injections, you do have to worry about that. So you have an increased safety profile and an increased effectiveness by doing it with the focused RF needles, which is known as Agnes. There's also this whole idea of cost. How much does someone have mm-hmm. to spend to do all this? And, you know, uh, no one is giving anything away because it's all expensive. I mean, if you buy Kybella, it is horrendously expensive. Oh, yes. It's crazy. It's Meaning insane. just the practitioner costs, let alone patient costs. Yes. And so what if you need three different sets of injections? I mean, that's, you know, that's the cost to the injector is enormous. Yes. So it's going to cost you a lot of money to do that. And then afterwards, you still need to go and get skin tightening. Yes. So that that's kind of what it is. And ever since Allergan took over that area, it seems like it has gotten so expensive. And uh, so... We're frustrated with it, to be quite honest. It's just, well, it seems too much. Yeah, and since we have Agnes, we've decided, Yeah, you know, why not? We're just going to use Agnes. Yeah. And we have so much more control, and we believe tightening is such a critical important of, yeah. importance of it. So. I will not pull volume out of a face of somebody who's older than 30 unless there's tightening involved in it. Otherwise, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yep. You're just asking for some saggy skin hanging off somewhere. Right. Which is pretty much the opposite of what we're trying to do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because the whole idea of the turkey thing is let's get a good look. Let's get mm-hmm. rid of that 
because you felt it, you moved it, you pulled on it to one side or the other, you did all <laughs> these horrendous things to it, and at the end of the day, it's still there. So let's get rid of it, and let's find a method that can do the fat, that can do the tightening, can do all the things that you want to have done so that you no longer have that, and at Thanksgiving, it's not another topic of discussion. So speaking of tightening, right, we don't want our turkey necks to be that topic of discussion. So some of, there's a lot of different ways to go after the neck with skin tightening. So let's start with RF skin tightening for the neck, turkey neck. Right. Tell us a little bit about that, Larry. Well, there, first of all, the Agnes has RF, mm-hmm. and we always do some tightening with Agnes. <coughs> and so that's the starting point is you're automatically getting that mm-hmm. as part of the treatment. But in addition to that, the device called Scarlet is mm-hmm. radio frequency um, needling. And so we always follow with that 100% of the time. We never do Agnes without doing Scarlet. And the reason is the outcome is so good. Yes. You know, we want to enhance the outcome. We want that experience to be fantastic for you. And uh, it, it is it's just worth it. Do, co- combining therapies makes such a bigger difference because you're covering more layers of tissue. Mm-hmm. So the outcome is better. So that's that's another choice. It's just, you know, scarlet just for tightening. So let's just say you don't have any fat at all. You just have a lot of laxity. Well, scarlet is tremendous for that. Mm-hmm. Again, you're just putting radiofrequency microneedling into the tissue and you can do the entire neck to get a better outcome. You could do face and neck so that everything comes together. Uh, I mean, if you want to focus in an area, you can, but it's it's really making it all look the same. Yes, for sure. And there's even just regular RF skin tightening, like how we use Exilus. And I know that there's other brands of RF out there. But that has to be one of my favorites for maintenance. I feel like just normal RF skin tightening where you come in, it feels like getting a hot stone massage, sometimes a tiny bit hotter than that. But with the RF, you're going to stimulate all of this collagen production. And patients leave looking a little red that night uh, or that day within an hour or two, zero redness. They can go out to dinner that night without a mark on their body. Nobody knows what they've had done. So it's one of the easiest procedures for patients to have done and for practitioners to do that do not stop people from continuing in their life. And that's one of the problems with surgery. In this day and age, most patients don't have two weeks to take off, you know. And if you think you're going to get through a facelift and be back at work in a week, you've got another thing coming. Surgery takes longer to recover from than most people think, which is not a bad thing, but you need to follow the rules. And when patients do not follow the rules of recovery, they mess up their results. So if we take the idea, you have a choice of surgery or non-surgery, and if you look at the contrast between the two, surgical procedure, you're going to see your results faster. Mm-hmm. Non-surgical takes a lot longer. But non-surgical is rebuilding your skin. It's rebuilding the dermis. It's doing all the things that surgery does not do. Surgery, remember, is just taking whatever you've got and pulling it tight. Mm-hmm. Whereas non-surgical procedures especially if you do a series of them or you combine a couple of them at the same time, it's going to do so much more to rebuild that foundation so that your skin is younger and healthier and more likely to stay that way. So that's, I think that's just a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. But 
the problem is there's a delay. You have to catch up. Your body has to catch up to the treatment. And you do the treatment and you don't see the locomotive stopping right now. You don't see the yeah. aging stopping right now. It takes months before that happens. And we usually say four months. But if you do another treatment, then things start to happen a little faster and you do another treatment. And, you know, as, as the aging process slows down and comes to a stop and the anti-aging kicks in, all of a sudden you can do treatments and see the results so much faster than mm -hmm. you could have otherwise. And it's just by doing the right thing. That's really what it is. It's just doing the right thing for your skin and what a huge difference that makes. Well, and for prevention and maintenance, you know, things like the, the RF skin tightenings, you could have something done once a month on different body parts and literally prevent all the time. And anytime I um, speak on the RF skin tightening, I always use Jennifer Aniston as my um, example because she's 50 years old. Her jawline looks flawless. She has a nice tight jawline and usually at 50, you're starting to see some sagging. But she has admitted to being addicted to laser porn. That she, she she has a nice tight everything. <laughs> I, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. yeah, but she has admitted that she loves researching the newest um, and latest laser procedures and getting procedures done to keep her skin healthy. And that's why she looks so natural is because she hasn't had to do anything surgical because she's doing all these little things to maintain. And so can everybody else. And first, you have to go get the, get the momentum going on the neck. But once you have that momentum going, you can maintain it with things as simple as Exilis, where you can come in, there's a zero downtime to it, and it's going to keep that collagen stimulated. That's right. Now, the opposite of some of these no downtime are some of the things that we talked about before, um, are resurfacing. So we can resurface that neck to get some of that tightening underneath there and that contraction as well as part of the tightening scheme. Yeah, as long as we, we Anne talked about it, uh, do fractional. You mm -hmm. don't do full ablative. If you do full ablative, you know, anything greater than about 30 micron depth becomes pretty substantial downtime. I feel like 30 microns is a substantial downtime. Yeah, it, it is. Um, for the it, neck, yeah. for the neck. Because anybody that we have done that to has taken forever to heal. But then they look good. <laughs> but, but it takes forever. Yeah. And by forever, I'm meaning like four weeks. Plus, yeah. it, it's it's longer than you think. Well, Rob is shaking his head. No, <laughs> no, no. I, I guess that won't be. That will be a no on for Rob. Uh, you, you don't want us to resurface you, Rob. I don't know what I want anymore. <laughs> Every time you guys do a show, I walk out here uglier and uglier and uglier. <laughs> well, the, the the good news is you can do. Fractional yes. laser. We have yeah. Nerbium. It's 2940 nanometer. Mm -hmm. It is very, very safe. And you just do a percentage of the skin, and that way it heals quickly. Yes. And you can still get the depth that you want. You still get nice results. And even if you just do two or three, because the downtime is not crazy. Yes. And they don't go through this horrible experience. Uh, you still get a very nice, it's nice for everyone. Yep. You know, it's a win-win. And I think that resurfacing has its place. I know we're talking about the neck and the gobbler, but the, that particular treatment can be done on the stomach. It can be yeah. done on, you know, knees above the knee. I was going to say the thighs, the thighs, inner thighs. Yeah. Ugh. 
but anywhere. I always have to talk about the butt, so yeah. you can, of course, do that. Because we, we do stuff like this to Larry's butt to yeah. keep it nice and tight. Yeah, it's all about the good, tight booty. I'm just all about the M sculpts for my butt, but, yeah. you know. Well, actually, and the M tone. I have to do the skin tightening. <laughs> yep, we, you got to do it all. Prevention, right? Prevention, prevention. Got to keep those butts nice, high, and tight. All right, <laughs> well, we're going to go back to the neck because <laughs> that's where we started. So the other thing that I love, besides different resurfacing treatments, we also do um, Neogen Plasma resurfacing at low energies, and those are great for tightening on the neck and getting that contraction. Yeah, we had a couple patients today, and they're going with that program yeah. where they're going to be doing Agnes Scarlet and Neogen, Our all three. Trifecta. Yeah, the trifecta. And uh, I, Rob is signaling yes. He, he wants the trifecta. The tri and, uh, you know, he, he wants us to get a little aggressive about it, so we'll probably have to. But uh, it's a game changer. I think we talked about doing like a live like YouTube demonstration yeah, with Rob we'll, being our patient. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is going to be so much fun. Oh, boy. This is, this is going to be a good time. So anyway, these devices and doing it that way, I think, is a tremendous way to do it because, again, even if you're using a couple devices, you don't have to be insane with any one device. Yep. You know, cover all the area, all the different depth, combine it, and so and not have, having to do like any one thing at some insane setting to get an outcome because, you know, you've combined different therapies. And so if you have those tools in your toolbox, use them. And because I'm the injector out of the two of us, I also love using PDO thread lifts in the neck. I have tortured Larry many a times, making him be a model as I train students. That's right. <laughs> but it's all come out great when we've done this. But threads, especially PDO threads, are great. You can put the bigger barbed ones up underneath that submental area to really redrape that tissue. You can use the smaller smooths and twists to create meshes and build that collagen underneath there. I'd have to say for any single person out there that owns a practice that is selling a cool sculpting or a Kybella type treatment to treat submental fat, if you do not own a laser skin tightening device, you should be following those treatments with threads. And before we owned Agnes and were treating with it, when I used Kybella or other mesotherapy injections, I would not sell the Kybella to people unless they bought a series of threads afterwards in order to tighten that skin. Because I know that the company acts like you'll get all this retraction. I can tell you the number of patients I've seen, not just mine, but other people's, that they have this weird little flap of skin after they dissolve their fat underneath their post Kybella. And it's, you gotta tighten it. And PDOs are amazing because with, there's almost no downtime. You know, there's a little bit of discomfort. Larry, how sore was your neck after I did threads in it? Um, maybe for a few hours, you know, <laughs> a little tenderness. Yeah. Not not a big deal. Yeah. The and the, the, the advantage is, depending on the <clears throat> thread that she uses, you see results on the spot. Mm -hmm. With the know? barbed ones, yes. It, especially the barbed ones that do all the heavy lifting. You know, you can pull and lift and and really change things. So that You can use them, again, on the breast. You can use them on the butt, the stomach, the thigh. And these actually lift the tissue. Mm -hmm. And so you have, you know, uh, just threads to build up space. You have threads that are twists that give you a little more volume. 
when you mm-hmm. use them, but you yep. also have barbs that will actually do the heavy lifting. And so you look at what you're doing, what the tissue is, and what you're trying to accomplish, and you choose your thread accordingly. And if, if you're not doing that in your office, I, I highly recommend you start doing it. And, uh, I mean, uh, Dr. Ann, you know, she does uh, thread courses almost every month. So yeah. there's a lot of a lot of training going on. But that's it's something that is very worthwhile for patients. Yeah, and I love using them in patients. And, again, being an injector, there's other injectors who also love to use Sculptra and Radius diluted down in these areas. It's kind of the same with Declate. I don't use them in these areas because of the higher side effect profile. So I choose to use threads because I have them in my toolbox combined with other therapies. Um, But those are also things that I see injectors doing out there where they've had great results. But in reality, the best for the neck in the non-invasive world is combination therapy. So you need to take an energy-based device and combine it with some sort of injectable on top of it. And I feel like that's your perfect cake. You build your cake with your energy-based device and you top it off with the icing, which is one of your injectables on top, which my choice is PDO threads. And I feel like in order to get a great skin tightening on the neck, you have to do that combo. So Larry, what is your favorite approach to treating the turkey gobbler? Well, I think, you know, everything starts with what? The assessment. Yes. Right? You're doing a consultation, and you're going to do a very careful assessment. You're going to do what I asked you all to do. You're going to pull <laughs> on the tissue. You're going Get it to, to flap in the yeah, wind. you know, move it around a little bit. You know, we do the same thing with eyelids. So this lady I did today, I mean, oh, she probably man. thought I was crazy. I grabbed her eyelid, pulled it way out, and I was kind of looking at how fast it snaps back, and it did not. So we will be do, tra- treating her, uh, her eyelids. eyelids for tightening. So, mm-hmm. you know, you look at, you have to, it starts with your assessment. So and you people need, don't always believe that he does that, but he really did this to her. He <laughs> called me into the consult just to meet her and talk about some of the stuff, and he's in there pulling her eyelids yeah. <laughs> and making them stand up. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So, <laughs> oh. but, but if, you don't, if you don't do that, how do you know? Yeah. I mean, are you just guessing that the laxity on a scale of zero being perfect and three being horrible? Are you guessing that it's a one or a two or a three? Or are you going to evaluate it? So mm-hmm. you, these are hands-on. And if you're doing a consultation that has no hands-on, I'm just telling you, you're probably missing the boat on a lot of things because you really do need to know. This is yeah. a need-to-know basis, you know, what... Even if with resurfacing, if there's no snapback, you could have an ectropion. So Mm -hmm. you want to know what's going on with the eyelids, what's going on with the the texture and everything. So that's true on the neck. So you have a gobbler, feel it, pull on it, move it around. You know, and you you have to tell (laughs) a patient this is what you're going to do. But there is a very good reason for it. Once you've done that... Now you know, is there a lot of laxity or is it just a little bit? Is yeah. there a lot of volume or is it a little bit? I mean, what, what percentage? Is this mostly volume or is it mostly laxity? What's the age of the patient? That's going to tell you a lot too because we, as we get older, we automatically get more laxity. So what age are we at? 
and how fast will their skin respond. So all of those types of things you need to do. So it starts with your assessment. Once you've done your assessment, you can figure out, okay, what tools do I have in my toolbox? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if it's, if it's volume and laxity both, which it typically is, well, we've got to combat the, la- the laxity for sure. You might do two or three treatments first that are non-invasive, you know, just an RF in motion type device or something to get the collagen going. Start stimulating uh, the proliferation of fibroblasts, get some activity going so that they will do better when you do the treatment. So yeah. that, that's one thing. So it just, you know, if, if it's not that bad, the laxity is not that bad, okay, do your laxity tightening treatment at the same time you do your volume reduction. Combine it. It's all about combination therapy. I think that's really important. And I like looking at things and saying, okay, like the lady today, you you do Agnes followed by Scarlet, followed by perhaps Neogen Mm -hmm. for her. You could do that here. You could add other things. Now, what if you look at the turkey neck and you see that there's some discoloration or pigment or something like that? You may add photofacial to that, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, whatever is left behind is what everyone is going to see. And it's always like that. You know, everything that's left behind looks worse. It makes it look bad. So you do need to do it all. Yeah. So I like I like combination therapy. I do like uh, Agnes Scarlet Neogen combination. Uh, you can always do a little fractional resurfacing instead of Neogen if you don't have a nitrogen plasma system. Um, so that's another good treatment. So just just as long as you're thinking we've got to tighten and we have to kill fat, what do we have to do that? Yeah, that's good. that's the key. It is. So we're going to get ready to wrap up here in just a moment, but I want to ask you, what is the best maintenance program for this area? Well, I, I, I think that anytime you can heat up this tissue, and again, let's say we correct it. We correct it. So for us, after correction, everything is going to be an enhancement. We are going to continue to make it better. And I think something like uh, radio frequency and motion, something like that is ideal because you come in, it's a half hour. You're there for 30 minutes. You get a, a real nice treatment. You have no downtime. You might be pink or a little red for an hour or so, but that's it. Uh, you can go about your business without any problem at all. So it's a really nice thing to do every once in a while and keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. It's really about anti-aging momentum. So what you're doing is you're fighting off nature that is making you old. It's change. Your body is automatically doing that. The genes that used to keep you young have turned off. The genes that are turned on are the ones that make you look old. So what we're doing is we're turning that around and we're reversing that. And the more frequent you come in for a little enhancement, the better the outcome and the longer the outcome. And it does continue to improve. I agree. So maintenance is key or enhancement is key. 
maybe one of these next couple of episodes, Larry and I will share what we do to keep ourselves enhanced. <laughs> it's a, it's quite a project with me being, <laughs> being about a hundred years old. So uh, we're working on me all the time. But uh, your takeaway from today is do not leave the neck behind. Keep working on that turkey gobbler because it's only going to get worse. Well, thank you all for joining us today, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. Hear it live each week here or anytime 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com.